stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show. And as you know, this is a very important month to all of us because this is our celebration of our independence with the Americans with Disabilities Act. A special, special message to all of you from Yoshiko Dart, who said, keep the spirit alive in Yoshiko. We will keep that spirit alive, and that's why we're so honored to have as our guest today, Andy Imperato, CEO and President of the American Association of People with Disabilities. Andy, thank you so much for doing the show. It's my pleasure to be with you, Joyce. Well, it's our honor to have you. So, Andy, let's start by talking about uh, AAPD, the American Association of People with Disabilities, for all of our listeners. How about if you start by telling them about the mission of the organization? Sure. AAPD was founded in 1995 on the fifth anniversary of the signing of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And the mission is to organize the disability community defined broadly so that we have more power politically, socially, and economically. And, Andy, who were the people that originally started AAPD? The, the organization, the real driving force behind it was Paul Hearn, who was an attorney with a disability who was running the Dole Foundation on employment of people with disabilities at the time. And Senator Bob Dole was very supportive of giving him the time that he needed to found the organization while he was running the Dole Foundation. And he got together with a lot of the folks who were involved in getting the Americans with Disabilities Act through the Congress, including people like John Kemp and Pat Wright and I. King Jordan, uh, and uh, you know, basically said that we need an organization like AARP that brings together the diversity of our community so that we can accomplish big things like the ADA on a regular basis. So he put together kind of an all-star group that was the founding board and uh, just kind of took it from there. And the American Association of People with Disabilities, again, www.aapd.com, is a cross-disability organization, and it is a powerful organization. And if you're not a member now... You should be. And, Andy, if someone does want to become a member, how do they do that? Uh, the simplest way is to go to our website at aapd.com and sign up online. You can also call our 800 number, 1-800-840-8844, and sign up over the phone. Well, we have a lot to talk about, but I have to tell you, I had the great privilege of meeting Andy, when I was on the President's Committee on Employment of People with Disabilities, and actually he was still at NCD, you know, before he joined uh, AAPD. But AAPD and Bender Consulting Services both started actually at the same time. So, you know, we have grown together, and I must tell you that we are very proud to be involved with AAPD. Andy, 
we are very proud of you and the great job you're doing also. Well, thank you, Joyce. It's mutual. We've really enjoyed working with you on our board and working with all of your great colleagues there at Bender. Well, we also have another person I got to know because of AAPD. I mean, when Andy said all-star cast, let me tell you, the people that AAPD has attracted are all just first-class individuals, and one of those individuals is Miss Cheryl Sensenbrenner, who is currently the chair of the board, and she is a dynamo, that is the only word I can think of to describe her, dynamic, powerful, enthusiastic, and a great leader for people in the disability community. But I thought maybe, Andy, you could talk a little bit about Cheryl and, in your opinion, what she has added to the organization. Absolutely. Thank you for that question. Cheryl is just the most extraordinary volunteer who I've ever worked with. I mean, she got involved originally on our gala committee, and we got her involved the first year that we did a gala, and she quickly rose to be the chair of that committee. But she's just somebody who puts in unbelievable hours uh, doing anything that we ask her to do as a volunteer, whether it's raising money for the gala, which she's been doing, you know, going back to 2001, or it's, uh, you know, trying to line up support for the Americans with Disabilities Amendments Act, which her husband is the lead sponsor of in the House, or it's, you know, trying to help us uh, do strategic planning. Whatever it is we need her to do, she does it happily. Uh, she's got so many personal connections to our mission from her own experience with a physical disability and attention deficit disorder to having a sister with Down syndrome to having children with learning disabilities. She's just a person who completely gets our issues because of her personal experience, and I just can't say enough good things about her. I, I cannot imagine a better board chair. I can't imagine a better board member. And I would have to agree with you, and, you know, so you all know this, this woman, as Andy mentioned here, she works tirelessly. I mean, she works so many hours for AAPD. She is the real deal. She really, really means it and gets it, um, as does, of course, uh, her husband, Congressman Jim Sensenbrenner, who, Andy, won't you be honoring him this, this month? That's right. We do an award every year on the ADA anniversary, which is or near the ADA anniversary, which is also our anniversary as an organization, called the Justice for All Award. And we always honor at least one member of both parties in the House or Senate. This year we're back in the House. Last year we were in the Senate. So this year we're going to be honoring Jim Sensenbrenner and Congressman Markey from Massachusetts. And, um, you know, that award basically goes to a member of Congress who has shown leadership that helped to advance the goals of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And certainly, if you look at the leadership that Congressman Sensenbrenner has shown, particularly on the ADA Restoration Act, which we're now calling the ADA Amendments Act, he's the reason we got that bill introduced. He and Cheryl are the reason we got as many co-sponsors as we did. We had over half of the House of Representatives co-sponsoring the bill, including lots and lots of Republicans, and we would not have had that level of support without his leadership. 
I agree with you completely, and my hat is off to you, Congressman Sensenbrenner. I really give you and Cheryl so much credit for helping us with that. No doubt we couldn't have done it without you. And, you know, one thing I must say about AAPD and about Andy is he has always been very, very strict in his leadership to encourage at all times bipartisan, bipartisan support. And, and here is an example of how that pays off. I mean, to me, this is unbelievable. It's sort of like the ADA, you know, having bipartisan support, except, unfortunately, I was not there during that time. So I did not, you know, I didn't have the joy of being involved with that. But, yeah, Cheryl, you are an absolute great dynamo. So, you know, when it comes to fundraising, I'm having to run really fast to keep up with you. But I think you are awesome. So so inspired by you and everything you do. Uh, Andy, we have a question for you here from Alinda in Missouri. And the question is, uh, Andy, first of all, congratulations on your role at AAPD. We're all lucky to have you. I'm wondering if you could comment for a moment about the biggest change you've seen over the past several years in the culture and the drive at AAPD. Well, thank you for that question. I mean, I think the organization, one of the things I like about AAPD is that it does change. And, you know, I've been here for nine years, and when I started we had three people. We now have about 14 staff, so that's a big change right there, uh, which has meant, you know, needing to, to pay more attention to internal issues and trying to structure that staff in a way where we're all working well together in support of the mission. But I guess the, the change that I would point to is the change on the board. I mean, when I got to APD, we had an extraordinarily talented board, a number of whom were, were in leadership roles in other national disability organizations. And what's happened in the nine years since I've been here is we've had a lot of turnover on the board to the point where our board now, most of the board members, AAPD is the national disability organization that is their top priority in terms of national disability organizations. That helps us a lot in terms of getting the board focus and the level of priority. We also just have people who are able to make things happen at a very high level. Cheryl Sensenbrenner, our vice chair is Tony Coelho. Our board secretary is Ted Kennedy, Jr., and our board treasurer is Joyce Bender, uh, yours truly, right here on this call. Uh, and I have to say, those four individuals right there, if they're working together on something, there is no door they can't open. There's no meeting they can't get. So we just have, I, I sometimes analogize it to a sports car. Our board is like a Lamborghini, and, you know, our challenge at a staff level is to try to keep up with them. Well, you know what? That's very nice of you, but I'll tell you, it's because all of those people believe in AAPD. And, you know, the person that asked this question, it wasn't that many years ago, as Andy mentioned, this was such a small organization, and, you know, wondering what would happen to them and now how it has flourished and how successful you have been. And, Andy, you also have a lot of uh, people from the private industry on your board, correct? We do. We, you know, I, I think our board is an interesting mix because we have a lot of grassroots leaders on the board, like some of our new board members we just elected included Ronnie Patrick, who's active with ADAPT and who does youth leadership work at Access Living in Metropolitan Chicago. We've got Bobby Coward, who's with the D.C. Uh, chapter of ADAPT. 
Um, we've got Betty Williams, who's on the National Board of Self-Advocates, becoming empowered. So we have a lot of folks who are very grassroots, very engaged at the community level. And then we've got folks who are in leadership in the corporate world, like a Ralph Boyd, who's an executive vice president of Freddie Mac, or uh, Rick Knowles, who's a senior vice president at SAP and reports directly to the CEO of SAP America and Asia. And I think it's great to have that mix. I mean, I find the corporate folks are naturally focusing on management issues, trying to get us to function more like a business, which I think is healthy. And the grassroots folks are helping keep us connected and making sure that as we do function more like a business, we're not losing our strong connection to our grassroots and to kind of the heart and soul of the disability movement. So I've served on a number of boards. I'm not sure I've ever served on a board as diverse as the board that we have attracted to AAPD. Yeah, that's what I really love about it. You've got people out there who are advocates. You know, you have people out there who are, as you mentioned, executives at the CEO level. You've really got it all going on. And you've got people from uh, government also involved. So, I mean, we, we do. We do have really a diverse board. And if you want to know more about AAPD, once again, www.aapd.com. Take time, don't miss out, or you'll be missing out on a great organization. Right now, we're going to go to break, and then we'll be back with Andy Imperato, President and CEO of the American Association of People with Disabilities and a tremendous leader in America. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. Have you ever thought about having your own Internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. Or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again? 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in 
every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. If you just tuned in, you're in for a treat because we have Andy Imperato with us today, the president and CEO of the American Association of People with Disabilities and a true civil rights advocate for people with disabilities, which brings me to my next exciting question. Andy, you've had the great privilege of being very involved and a leader in working for the ADA Amendments Act. For those of you who just joined us, it was this is the act that before was called the ADA Restoration Act. First, could you tell our listeners what it is and why it was necessary? Sure. Um, you know this this effort really started in 1999 when we got a series of Supreme Court decisions that narrowed the scope of who is considered protected by the ADA. The the lead case was called Sutton versus United Airlines. There were three decisions that came down on the same day in 1999. And the court basically said that when we're evaluating whether or not you have an impairment that substantially limits a major life activity, which is the standard in the first prong of the definition in the ADA, we're going to evaluate you with whatever mitigating measures you use to manage your symptoms. So if you take medication or you use a prosthetic or you have some other strategy for improving your functioning, we'll evaluate you with whatever strategies you're using. And if you're not substantially limited in a major life activity with those mitigating measures, then we're going to knock your case out and we're never going to reach the issue of whether you were discriminated against. So there are lots and lots of people with epilepsy, diabetes, cancer, depression, even a case involving somebody with an intellectual disability who was getting Social Security disability benefits, where the courts have said, you're functioning too well to have a disability for purposes of the ADA, so you have no civil rights protections under the ADA in the workplace. And that's not that's completely inconsistent with congressional intent. Uh, some of the original champions for the ADA, like Tony Coelho and Steny Hoyer, decided that it was way past time to do something about it, and uh, Steny Hoyer worked with Congressman Jim Sensenbrenner. They introduced a bill at the end of last Congress, and then they reintroduced it on the ADA anniversary last year as the ADA Restoration Act. Tom Harkin and Arlen Specter introduced a companion bill in the Senate, and we had a vote in the House uh, two weeks ago where the House voted 402 to 17 to pass the ADA Amendments Act. The bill that was passed was a compromise bill that reflected weeks of negotiations between the disability community and the business community. And I'm happy to say that after those negotiations, we still have a very strong uh, 
bill that will be a substantial improvement over current law. And it's basically about restoring civil rights protections to millions of Americans who have been interpreted out of the ADA by the Supreme Court. That in the House, unbelievable. I mean, if I'm right, wasn't that a bigger margin even than when the ADA went through the House? My understanding is that the original ADA vote in the House was 378, so we got 402. So, yes, we did uh, surpass the, the number of members of Congress voting for the ADA originally in the context of the ADA Amendments Act. Okay, so here you go. A question for you from a Tiffany in Washington, D.C. Uh, Andy, I love everything about disability policy, and this is where I'm headed with my life. My question is, with the ADA Amendments Act, do you believe that this will restore the perception part of the ADA? Well, thank you for that question. The, the, the definition of disability in the ADA has three prongs. In my earlier response, I talked about the first prong, which is a physical or mental impairment that substantially limits a major life activity. The second prong protects people that have a history of such an impairment. And the third prong protects people who are perceived or regarded as having such an impairment. And the bill that passed the House is actually even stronger on the third prong than it is on the first prong. It makes it clear that when somebody is challenging an employer's action under the regarded as prong, they can bring a case if they are uh, discriminated against based on the employer regarding them as having a physical or mental impairment. They don't have to prove that the employer regarded them as having an impairment that substantially limited a major life activity, which has turned out to be a very difficult burden for plaintiffs. It's very hard. It's been very difficult for plaintiffs to show that an employer thought that they were substantially limited in a major life activity. And what a lot of employers have been arguing is, yes, I thought you had an impairment, and yes, I did take an adverse action based on that impairment, but I didn't regard you as being so impaired that you couldn't do a major life activity. I just viewed you as being unable to do this job. And they're not going to be able to say that anymore. If, if, you, if you end up taking an adverse action based on an impairment, then you're going to have to defend the action and you have to demonstrate that the action was not discrimination. And what's been happening to a lot of people is they never reached the issue of whether they were discriminated against because their cases are getting thrown out on the issue of whether they have a disability. Well, this is really, really wonderful what happened in the House, but of course my next question is, what are the next steps with the ADA Amendments Act and who are the champions behind it? Well, the next steps involve uh, getting it through the Senate and then getting it signed by the president. And, uh, you know, depending on whether changes occur in the Senate, we may need to take it back to the House and quickly get it passed again in the House in a way that is in alignment with the changes in the Senate. Because we're running out of time in this congressional calendar, we do not want to go to a conference committee. So if we do make any changes in the Senate, we'll want to quickly have action happen again in the House so that you know both bills are the same and we don't have to take them to conference. Um, you know, the champions I mentioned earlier, Tony Coelho, Steny Hoyer, Jim Sensenbrenner on the House side with strong support from Congressman Nadler from New York, who's the chair of the Constitution Subcommittee of the House Judiciary Committee, and Congressman George Miller from California, who's the chair 
of the House Education and Labor Committee, uh, and their, uh, you know, ranking members in the case of Education and Labor, Congressman Buck McKeon from California was very supportive. We also had support from the Republican leadership. Congressman Blunt, who's the number two Republican in the House from Missouri, was very supportive as well. So we had a lot of support in the House, a lot of bipartisan support. The champions in the Senate are some of the same champions that we had the first time around. Congress, I mean, Senator Tom Harkin from Iowa, Senator Ted Kennedy from Massachusetts. Uh, we're working hard to line up the support of Senator Orrin Hatch, who played a key role in the first uh, ADA from Utah, and obviously Senator Specter from Pennsylvania, who was the lead Republican who introduced the bill. Senator Stevens from Alaska has also signed on to the bill, and we're working hard to line up the support of Senator Enzi, who's the ranking member on the Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, and Senator McConnell, who's the most powerful Republican in the Senate. Now, Andy, my question is, you know, how, how soon do you think this could happen? Well, I think there's two scenarios. The best-case scenario is that we get it done in the next few weeks in the Senate, and we pass the same bill in the Senate that passed the House, and we get it to the president's desk in time for him to sign it either the week before or the week after the ADA anniversary, which is July 26. I think that that's possible but difficult. The more likely scenario is that we pass it through the Senate in September, and again, if there are changes, we pass it again in the House with those changes, and we get it to the president's desk in September. All right. What can all of the listeners right now, what can they do to help, Andy? Well, I think the, the part that is important is educating senators, because that's where we are now. We're in the Senate. Educating them about the problems that the Supreme Court has created. And if you want to learn more about this issue, we've got a lot of good information. We actually created a website for the bill that passed the House, and the website is a, it's a adabill.com, so www.adabill.com. That has lots of information on it about the bill, what it does, why it's necessary, and I think if people can get themselves up to speed on that and then talk to their senators, talk to the staff for their senators about why this is an issue that should be addressed in this Congress why it has the kind of bipartisan support it has with the support of the employer community and the Disability and Civil Rights Coalition, and how important it is to have that action happen now. Because I think some people are saying, well, why don't we just wait? You know, why don't we wait till the next administration and the next Congress? And the short answer to that question is that people currently don't have civil rights protections, and we have an opportunity in this Congress to restore their civil rights protections. This is going to be one of the most bipartisan, most significant things that this Congress does. So why not get it done? And then if you're a congressperson or a senator who's up for re-election, use the fact that you accomplished this, talk about it to get support, to help people understand that you did something good while you were in Congress, and that's why you deserve to be re-elected. So that means if you're listening now, first get educated. Go to www. ADA is a bill. Don't you bill. Yeah. ADABill.com. Read everything about this. But then get in touch with your senator. Write them a letter. Call them. One thing Tony Quello has taught me is that you think one letter or a few letters do not make a difference. They do. Get in touch. Tell those stories that Andy talked about. We want to do everything we can 
to make sure this keeps going because, as Andy said, it is civil rights for everyone. It's not that way right now. So with that, before we go to break, once again, if you're interested in learning more about AAPD, go to www.aapd.com. And I want to also say before break, Tony Quallo, you are my hero. You said years ago, you told me, I'm going to work on this behind the scenes. I'm going to do everything I can. I know we're not there yet, but Tony, I am proud of you. This is Joyce Bender. You are listening to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender on voiceamerica.com, where every day, all the time, Disability Matters. We'll be right back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Are you ready to take it to the next level, both personally and professionally? If your answer is yes, you owe it to yourself to spend an hour with America's coach, Dan Lear, and the road to success, broadcasting live every Thursday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Dan shares proven success strategies that will take you from where you are now to where you want to go. Your road to success begins with America's coach, Dan Lear, on the Voice America Business Channel. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, (laughs) she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, (laughs) no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. (laughs) Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at PornLearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back to the show. I hope you're ready to get fired up because we have as our guest Andy Imperato, the president and CEO of the American Association of People with Disabilities, a person that is every day out there fighting for our civil rights. 
Andy, I know that AAPD has been very involved also with this presidential campaign. I know that originally, you even during the primary, you ask everyone to send their platform to AAPD, but now you have an exciting event coming up on July 26th. Do you want to talk about that? I would love to. And again, let's remind your listeners, it's not an accident that it's happening on July 26th. That is the ADA anniversary. This year it's happening on a Saturday. And we are going to be in Columbus, Ohio, uh, which is the largest city in Ohio, which is one of the most important states in the presidential election because it's always a state that is considered to be up for grabs. And the the Democratic nominee and the Republican nominee always spend a lot of time in the state trying to convince voters to vote for them. So we thought, why don't we do a presidential candidates forum on the ADA anniversary in Columbus? We reached out and got over 70 disability organizations to co-sponsor it with us. And we have invited Senator Barack Obama and Senator John McCain to be there with us. Judy Woodruff is going to be the moderator from the Jim Lehrer News Hour, formerly from CNN. And uh, it's just going to be a great event. We've got, we're also webcasting it. People want to get more information about the event, where they can go to watch it or how they can watch it or if they want to actually come to Columbus and participate in person, the information is on the AAPD website at www.aapd.com. And uh, we're really excited about it. We were in discussions with the McCain and Obama campaigns. We don't have a firm commitment yet for either candidate, but we're working hard to get that commitment. And uh, I just think it's going to be a historic event. I mean, I think one of our biggest challenges as a disability movement is that our issues typically don't get talked about during, by the presidential candidates during their stump speeches, during their convention acceptance speeches. And then when they come into office, a lot of times they don't talk about our issues when they are doing their State of the Union. And I emphasize those moments when candidates are speaking or, or elected officials are speaking to the largest audience because that's their opportunity to educate that audience about the fact that disability rights issues are important and affect everyone. I mean, disability is an issue that affects everyone. You have a parent, a child, a sibling. You yourself could develop a disability at any point in time. So it, it completely baffles me why the candidates don't talk about their disability platforms. But we're hoping that this event will be an opportunity for them to do that with a large audience in person and a large viewing audience through the webcast. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, we think this is going to be hugely successful, and we intend to do it again and really establish a tradition that if you want to get elected president of the United States, you need to participate in a forum with the disability community and speak directly to our issues. And, Andy, um, what you just said baffled you is a question from a Larry in Denver, Colorado, and the question is, uh, Andy, would you mind commenting on why, in all the past elections, people with disabilities are not discussed, even though there are over 50 million people with disabilities? I know they must read these figures and know this is a fact. So under those circumstances, why are we not talked about? Well, first, I think the biggest reason why we're not talked about is that there's a perception by uh, candidates and by elected officials that our community is not aggregated as a voting block. So even though we talk about a 50 million member community, 
they are not convinced that we're connected to each other in a way that they can address our issues and have an impact on us as a voting bloc. And what I would say in response to that is look what happened when former President Bush talked about his commitment to pass a civil rights law for people with disabilities at the Republican convention during his acceptance speech in 1988. That was 20 years ago. When he made that statement, there was polling done before the speech and after the speech, and he got a 10% bump in his support from voters with disabilities based on that statement in his acceptance speech. So I think the reality is when candidates do talk about our issues and talk about them in a way that resonates with people all over the disability community, it matters a lot to those individuals. You know, we, we don't tend to vote party line. We actually care what the candidates are saying about our issues. We know we have Republican champions. We know we have Democratic champions. But we also know that they tend to ignore us when they have an opportunity to talk to a broad audience. So the ones who do address our issues end up attracting more votes and more support. And it's a huge missed opportunity when candidates don't address our issues. And I agree. And you know, remember, and as Andy's talking about here, there are mothers, fathers, sisters, brothers of people with disabilities. They also vote. And they are very disability-oriented. So it does matter. It really does matter. And I really am hopeful to see a change in this presidential election. Uh, and I'm very excited that AAPD is involved with this event on July 26th because, you know, we're getting closer and closer to being part of the discussion. And that is so exciting. And in addition, not to mention, we also have many veterans coming back that are also people with disabilities. So this is something we really do need to talk about. Andy, do you feel that you will be able to see these presidential candidates talking about us and including us in their platform? Say that again? Do you believe you'll be, that you will see them, how can I say this, making us a priority when they talk about people with disabilities? I'm more comfortable saying that I believe that it's in their best interest to do it. Uh, whether they actually will do it is an open question for me. I mean, I, I, I wish I could be more optimistic, but, you know, Senator Obama and Senator McCain have had lots and lots and lots of opportunities to speak about our issues in front of general audiences, and they have not done it yet. So uh, that gives me some pause. Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't know why. I mean, in the, in the case of Senator McCain, you have somebody who is a veteran with a disability who has an outstanding track record on these issues that he can talk about, but he doesn't. Uh, in the case of Senator Obama, you've got somebody, again, who has a track record, who has a very well-articulated disability platform, which he shared with AAPD in response to our questionnaire. He was the first candidate to respond to our questionnaire. But he doesn't talk about it to general audiences, and I don't understand it. So, you know, I, I'm hopeful that they will do it. I will do my best to make the case to them that they should do it. But I can't tell you that I'm optimistic right now. All right, and, and I want to say one other thing. For those of you out there registered to vote, I don't care if you vote Democrat or Republican. I care that you vote because that's what this all goes back to. Although, as Andy pointed out, with that excellent example you gave, you know, it does matter. It matters to all of us. 
And Andy, I did want to talk about one other thing for a minute. I wanted to talk about the Ticket to Work program. I wanted to see what your opinion was of how that has evolved. Because I was there when President Clinton signed it, and I know you've been involved with it since then and with Social Security. What, what is your opinion? Well, you know, when the bill passed, you know, back in 1999, I think the most significant piece of the bill was the Medicaid buy-in piece. I mean, the bill gave the states an opportunity to pass a buy-in program that would enable people with significant disabilities who were leaving the Social Security rolls to keep their Medicaid coverage, keep their long-term services and supports, keep their health care coverage while they were working. And uh, unfortunately, that uh, buy-in has been implemented at a time when a lot of states have been trying to cut back on their Medicaid programs because they see those programs as growing at a, weight, as, at a rate that's not sustainable. So I'm disappointed that we haven't had a more robust implementation of the Medicaid buy-in, but there have been a number of states like Minnesota, Wisconsin, Massachusetts, who have robust Medicaid buy-in programs and I think have demonstrated to the rest of the country that it doesn't break the bank and that it is possible to create that opportunity for people with significant disabilities to work and keep their health care coverage in a way that's affordable for them and affordable for policymakers. Uh, the other part of the ticket legislation is obviously the ticket to work itself, which was a new concept. The idea was that when you get your Social Security disability benefits, Social Security will mail you a ticket. You can take that ticket to any provider that you want and have that person work with you to get you a job, and then that provider will be paid based on their success in helping you transition off of disability benefits into employment. Uh, I think it's a great concept. Uh, I think there are a lot of reasons why it hasn't been very successful in attracting beneficiaries, but I would argue the biggest reason is that we didn't do anything about the definition of disability. I mean, the, when people apply for disability benefits, they are required to swear to the government that they have a physical or mental impairment that prevents them from engaging in substantial gainful activity. Most people applying for disability benefits understand that to mean that they are swearing to the government that they're unable to work. And oftentimes it takes two or three years, including having to go through appeals, to actually prove to the government that you're unable to work. So once you've gone through that process, for you to turn around and get a ticket from the Social Security Administration and an invitation from the Social Security Administration for you to use that ticket to try to get a job, I think most people see that as the last test. You know, they're sending me this ticket because they don't believe me that I'm disabled, and they're trying to test me to see if I'm really disabled. So, you know, I think a lot of people get that ticket. They say, thank you very much. They put it in a drawer. <laughs> and until we deal with that fundamental issue of what do you have to show to get the benefits in the first place, I think most people are going to be afraid to use their tickets. Yeah. Well, isn't that is such a good point. Listen, we're going to go to break, and then we'll be right back to end the show with Andy Imperato, President and CEO of the American Association of People with Disabilities, as we celebrate our month for our independence, July 26th, signing of the ADA. We'll be right back. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, on voiceamerica.com. 
Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Albert Einstein once said, nothing happens until something moves. Well, your movement towards realizing a dream, making a long-lasting change to your life, or simply putting a daily smile on your face is just a click away. Tune into Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney and free your mind, open your heart, and ignite action in your life. Host and commander in change, empowerment coach, and international speaker, Scott Chesney shares his insights to making the most out of your daily lives. Scott interviews people who are maximizing their lives, the most recognizable transformationalists, and leaders around the world, as well well as those hometown heroes that move, touch, and inspire the best in all of us. Stay tuned into Maximizing Life for Scott's one-on-one coaching with callers. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney broadcast each Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Maximizing Life with Scott Chesney, inspiring you to live life with passion, purpose, and limitless potential. In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk. Which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Welcome back, and if you just joined us, listen, this show is archived at voiceamerica.com and benderconsult.com. What a great show. Tell all of your friends about this show with Andy Imperato. And Andy who is the CEO and president of the American Association of People with Disabilities, was so gracious to be our guest today. Andy, at AAPD, what impact do you hope to have on the disability community, and why do you think it's so important for people to become members? Well, again, and go back to our founding, that the real vision for this organization is that our community benefits when we come together as a voting block when we come together as an aggregated market so that we can show our power politically and show our power economically. And our biggest advantage as a community is the size of our community when we all come together across all of our organizations, all of our various types of disabilities, and we recognize that when we come together, we are bigger, more diverse, and more powerful than any other constituency in America or in the world. I mean, that's a big opportunity, and that's why AAPD exists. 
And the only way for us to be successful is for individuals to make that decision. I want to be part of something bigger than myself. I want to come together and stick up for other people with disabilities. If people with epilepsy don't have civil rights protections in the workplace, I want to speak out about it. If deaf people aren't given self-representation and the president of their university, I want to speak out about it. If blind people don't have access to the Internet, I want to speak out about it. You know, and it's that kind of cross-disability coming together, speaking out on each other's issues. That's why APD was founded, and that's why your listeners should join us. And it's true for parents that have children with disabilities, other family members, professionals who work in the disability field. All of those individuals benefit when we come together as a political constituency. So if people are interested in joining AAPD, I encourage them to come to the website at aapd.com or call our 800 number at 800-840-8844. I also encourage people on the website to sign up for our free listserv called Justice for All. If you want to know what's happening in Washington on issues that affect you directly, the best way to get that information in real time is to sign up for our Justice for All listserv. Yeah, and, you know, if that if that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what would get you fired up. AAPD.com. Andy, how much is it to become a member? $15 for one year, and it's $10 for students or people with limited income. How could you go wrong? $15 or $10. www.aapd.com. And let me just tell you, great birthday gift, great gift for a friend, Great bonus at a company, that's what I do here at Bender Consulting Services, is buy someone a membership to the American Association of People with Disabilities. You can't go wrong. Well, Andy, you have already accomplished so much in your life. I don't really know how you will answer this because, boy, you've done so much. But I wanted to ask you, at this point in your life, what is your proudest accomplishment? You know, Joyce, I have to say my proudest accomplishment are my two boys. <laughs> I have two extraordinary boys, a 14-year-old and a 9-year-old. I certainly don't take credit for them, but I'm very proud of them. They're, uh, they're just wonderful human beings. They have great hearts. They're very uh, community-oriented. And I was very proud to have my 14-year-old with me in uh, Steny Hoyer's office when the floor vote was happening in the House a couple of weeks ago on ADA Amendments Act, and he had an opportunity to share that moment with me. And as you know, those of us who work hard in this field often get torn away from our families. So it was just great for me to have him there with me uh, when my proudest legislative accomplishment was happening with my son in the room. Oh, that is so exciting. Now, your two sons, what are their names? Gareth is the 14-year-old. His name's Anthony Gareth, but he goes by Gareth. And the nine-year-old is Nicholas. Well, we have to say a special hello to them, especially since they are your proudest accomplishment. I've met them, and they are wonderful, and I'm sure that they, too, will be leaders in America following in your footsteps and your wonderful wife, who is also a dynamic individual. Um, Andy, while we're on that subject, you do a lot at AAPD for youth. Don't you have a lot of events for youth? We do. I mean, we, we made a decision strategically that uh, AAPD needed to invest in the next generation of disability leaders. 
So we have a $10,000 cash award called the Paul G. Hearn AAPD Leadership Award. We've given that award to about 47 individuals in the last 10 years. Uh, so that's an investment. It's a $10,000 cash award. We've invested over $450,000 in the next generation of disability leaders. We also have summer internship programs where we have eight college students with disabilities who work for members of Congress and 10 college students with disabilities who work in the executive branch doing information technology jobs. And then we have a mentoring program called Disability Mentoring Day, which Bender has been involved with from the beginning, which is a job shadow career exploration program where we had about 16,000 job seekers, students and job seekers with disabilities who spent a day in October working with somebody who was working in a field that interested them. And you know what? We are so excited that we're going to have the national launch in Pittsburgh, and we have so many corporations really excited about Disability Mentoring Day, third Wednesday of every October. A great day, a great event to be involved in. And if you need more information, once again, www.aapd.com. You need to be involved. And, Andy, that youth internship program you have is fantastic. Some of those people are interns in senators' offices, correct? Um, yes, we have people working for Senator Obama, Senator Clinton, Senator Brownback, Senator Harkin, and Senator Kennedy this year, so not a bad lineup. I will say so. Well, Andy, what message would you like to leave with our listeners today? You know, I guess I, I'll close with uh, one of my favorite uh, quotes from Martin Luther King. Dr. King said, everybody can be great because anybody can serve. He said, you don't need to have a college degree to serve. You don't need to make your subject and verb agree to serve. All you need is a heart full of grace, a soul generated by love. So I just encourage your listeners to find a way to get involved in the disability movement and serve other people because that's what it's all about. That is what it's all about. That is what it's all about. What a great ending, and what a great quote. I love that quote. I, too, have used that quote when I talk about volunteerism. But, boy, Andy, coming from you, that was just so powerful. First of all, Andy, I know how busy you are right now with that ADA Amendments Act. Thank you for what you're doing for all of us, and thank you for taking time to be on the show. My pleasure. And I have to end with a quote from a disability leader. Keep trying to get her on the show, but she's just too humble. She is too <laughs> humble. And that would be Ms. Yoshiko Dart, who says, Power of the original intent of the ADA, power of disability pride, power of employment, power of the vote, lead on, says Yoshiko Dart. And Yoshiko, we love you and we will. Thank you very much, Andy. Thank you, Joyce. See you next week where we continue to celebrate the ADA. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.